0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Painters Podcast. Here you have got Glenn and myself, Nigel. We're here talking about hiring risk today. So we hope that uh, that you enjoy it and yeah, get a bit out of it and where we
1: go from there. Hey, Glenn. Hey, mate. How are you? All right. Yourself? Not too bad. I, I didn't mind that intro. It's, a, it's not a bad one. Yeah, thing.
0: It's, it's pretty good. It's, you know. We're having a bit of fun playing <laughs> and stuff, and working through our bits and pieces and, yeah, you, know, you know, we're just learning, guys. Yeah. those of you out there, we're just having an no idea. <laughs> We've got some new toys to play with and, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's a bit of fun. It's a bit like um, getting a new spray gun. Yeah, but it's just before Christmas. So we oh, well, this, Christmas Christmas presents, Christmas presents, exactly. Christmas.
1: Exactly. this is our Christmas present. This is our Christmas present, too. Exactly. This is how you go about doing things. Yeah. <laughs> our wife get the credit cards and... You know, at least this time we've had a go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. So yeah, welcome everyone to the Painters Podcast. Um, here with Glen, yeah. and um, yeah, we're just here to have a, a bit of a chat about what are we here to chat about, Glen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we did we did have a, a bit of a discussion earlier but about <laughs> seventeen different things have gone through the head.
1: So it's, it's well, the it's the it's the matter. Right? Exactly, uh, exactly. I think what we're talking about was. Uh, you know all the problems that we associate when we hire somebody yeah and how do we mitigate those problems and how do we you know i talk about mitigating risk right but how do we remove or take steps to you know limit the liability because some of these people that we hire over the life cycle of our businesses and look i'm only 36 so i've hired I don't want to say hundreds, but I feel like I've hired freaking hundreds. I'd say it could be thousands, but oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> knowing knowing my temper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um but you know, like for every time that we hire someone and it doesn't work out, we start to think to ourselves, what's the common denominator here? Is it me? You know, yeah. and, and we always chalk it up to like, nah he was an idiot, or they were or she was an idiot, or they were an idiot, or no, it weren't me, it was them, right? Yep. Um but you know, we all consistently as small business owners have these problems of staff, staff, staff. So how do we look at taking the steps to reinforce or sandbag our position or, or sandbag our foxhole and, you know, don't absorb the bullets head on because they're coming. And, you know, we hear all these horror stories of, you know, hired this guy, gave him a car, but he bloody ran it into a truck or he didn't clean it properly or he didn't, you know, all, all, the, all the negative things. Um, left the spray gun in the back of the car. And I got nicked. Yep. like, how do we mitigate that? Well, how you mitigate it all comes back to the hiring process. It
0: comes back to ensuring that you actually have everything in place that they fully understand what their job is. Hundred percent. If if. They're an estimator, their job is to go out, to quote, to win the work and, and, and win over the customer through a sales type process. Yes. Um, not a beef cow. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They've got to have some sales skills, to be 100%. able to talk, 100%. have an idea of, of what the client needs and then and what the needs yeah. of the business are, you know. It has to be aligned. Yeah, of course. But then from there, obviously you're talking about guys in production so the actual painters how do you how do you ensure that the painters actually know what they're doing and how they are going to understand what's needed in the job you know it's one we talk regularly about training your staff it's it's the number one thing if if your staff don't know what you need them to do they're just
1: gonna wander around well um You know, uh, if if you have a look at me by the size of me, you know I don't play sports, but um, (laughs) Um, but the idea here is, um, you know, when we put our kids in sports and stuff like that, or even we we look at professional sports players, you know, they train once or twice a day to play a game on Saturday or Sunday. Okay. So they train, not even twice, but maybe three or four times more than what they actually play. And so, when we hire people, we have to start thinking about, you know, granted we can get into the fact that whether they are a good fit, whether they align with our company values or values and standards, standards in general. Like, if we was to go out to a nightclub and, and and you know try and meet a potential partner, we're going to be looking at what's her standards or what's his standards and values, and you know, you know, is he a low income earner? Is he a high income earner? You know, how does all of that reflect on where I want to go? Okay, yep. as a in a relationship sense, right? Yep. When we hire people, we don't necessarily think about like that. No. But we are engaging in some form of long term potential relationship. Yep. As people, like this is interpersonal skills. And you know, the people that we're hiring, we're developing these relationships with them, and we need to have the ability to, you know, set the ground rules. Yep. Because otherwise it's gonna like it's gonna burn so bright and intensely at the start and then it's just gonna be like a hot flame, it just it just melts. Well, I mean, the best example of that one is an apprentice. Mm. Okay. Now,
0: an employer is signing in an apprentice. You're signing into a four-year deal. You're not signing into minimum. Yeah, like three to four to years. Three to four years. Then we generally <laughs> then we generally find after that three to four years that an apprentice will then last another two or three with before, the same employer. With the same employer. They this is what we are generally finding yeah. is before they'll actually take that next step. Yeah. You know, I know some that, that have been seven, eight, nine, even 10 or more years yeah. with the employer because they're comfortable. They know what it's retention rate. Right? That's right. They know what they've got to do. The boss has trained them to do the job. Yeah. They're being looked after, you know, on, on whether that's monetary wise or whether it's Culture a, a, wise. Culture wise, a whatever. trip away, a holidays or whatever that might be. They're being looked after in that regard. And, um, you know, I know some that haven't been looked after, but still are too scared
1: to venture outside. Better the that, devil you know than the devil you don't. That's exactly it. You know, like, you know, and this is the thing, right? Like, yes, we're talking about like mitigating hiring risks because it's like, oh, you know, every employee is a shit employee. Because reality is, there's not every employee is a shit employee. No. Maybe every boss is a shit boss. Like that's how the employees see it, right? Exactly. And and so it, it, it does kind of go both ways. And so it's like, okay, great. So we're gonna we're gonna find someone where their, their values and stuff like that align. So as opposed to putting an out in Gumtree or in the paper or on the seat, and then being like, oh yeah, you're a warm body, throw you at the wall, or yeah, whatever the job description is. We first get to know. Like, you know, I'm not gonna marry you if I don't even know you. No. Like, oh. But we've we've discussed this many
0: times. This is this is. The number one problem
1: for any small business. But it's, it's is what the differentiates hiring. the difference between a, a small, granted, immature business. Yep. To a medium to large size mature business. Yep. But when you get into the medium large size businesses, then you're
0: talking about they've got systems in place, they have hiring processes, oh. they have all of that other stuff that a small business doesn't have and doesn't understand Absolutely. because they just have a job to get finished. We have to get this. We've got too so much warm, work. Wall. Exactly, and see what sticks. Who's got Velcro on their back? That's going to be stuck there, and who does
1: it? <laughs> you know, look, I've been there. I've done that. We all have. We, 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 have, we all have. have. You know, like, we've all literally just thrown somebody out the wall and just like hope he turns up tomorrow. Yep. And then, and then, like, there's no way he's turning up tomorrow. <laughs> it's just like, I'll pay you to this afternoon. Like, right? I, uh, I just need help. Um, and I get it, like, I really do. But, um, when you go through this never-ending cycle of rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, of you know, I, I keep coming back to this relationship analogy. Where it's like, you know, bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship after bad. It's like, girl, there's something wrong with you. Or, yeah. or boy, there's something wrong with you. Right? Yeah. i got to be like gender neutral here, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but there's something wrong with you, right? So you're the common denominator, right? So what are you doing wrong? Well, maybe you're not hiring the right people, but what about, you know, you, you can't like, it's like, oh, you can get a girlfriend, but you can't keep her. Yeah. All right. Well, what's your problem? That's not what, what's that's not what's her problem. What's your problem? Your problem. Yeah. And so exactly. when we start thinking inward, we start going, well, how are we training these people? So it's like, oh, I want to hire a uh, 35-year-old man who's a painter and he should have all of his own tools. Okay, great, so I'm going to pay him as much, okay, great. Once we get the monetary stuff out of the way, well, what are we doing with this guy? Are we just going to like... Throw him at the job, throw him at the wall. Just throw him at the wall. No, you don't. You train them, you (laughs) teach them. You you say, this is the
0: processes and this is what we keep coming back to. Is it actually training
1: staff? Devil's avocado Mm -hmm. is that my old man would say, why should I have to train a 35-year-old painter that I'm paying $40 an hour to? He sh- For what I'm paying, why should I have to freaking do that? I ain't got time for that. Because he doesn't know your systems. Well, I know that. You know that. Yep. But what happens if he doesn't know his? systems? When he turns up and he doesn't know your systems or he doesn't know how the jobs are supposed to progress, what do you think is going to happen? What? Oh, he just falls back into the way that
0: he'd normally do things, whether that's by the default. same. By default, exactly. He... Everyone, okay, I'll actually, I'll use the analogy of, of I used to, when I was painting, a lot of glazing. I worked predominantly in the repaint market, yep. and I used to be able to glaze windows, a whole house of windows in a day, in the time it would take a couple of guys to prime the whole house. Because you're a proficient at it. Because, exactly. So, but I was taught one way to do it. Oh. Now, I've worked with multiple trainers over the years, and some of those guys... You're different. Everyone has a different... <laughs> Everyone does it differently, everyone's been trained differently, everyone has a, a different thought process on, on how things to be done. You know, I used to at priming stage, when we we're priming the house, we'd reglaze the windows then, so at least the putty by the time we got to dry. it'd be a little bit it'd be dodgy. <laughs> but, but it would skip. But it. And it, you'd have you'd be able to paint something to it. So yeah. rather than waiting until sort of towards the end when you start glazing it you know, oh I've got to paint onto this, nothing's yeah, it's coiled it out. And you forget, I'm going back oil primes and oil undercoats, I'm not using acrylic like you know the guys today, but back then when everything was oil-based. On a hot day, on it's going to pull it out. Exactly, exactly. So everyone is taught differently. You know, we, years ago, on our Facebook group, you, whether you remember it or not, the debate of which side do you paint the door frame? <laughs> do you remember that
1: one? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Say okay. no, so like, in, in Victoria, in Victoria, um, they actually painted the door frames differently to in Queensland. What, so the inside, so where the, 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 the door stop is? Yep. Well, they would do the inside edge of the door jam, uh, the, the, the stop, the door yep. stop, um, in the same colour as the yep. outside. But you could say it from the inside.
0: But, yeah, that's, okay, but that's yeah. they go and do it down there. It's the same In when you're painting the outside of the architraves. Mm-hmm. Some people paint that back edge.
1: Some people can have a painted clear
0: face. Depends on what you were taught.
1: When my father was, because uh, my, my father, we, we grew I grew up in New South Wales, right? But, yep. we, but we migrated up here to Queensland when I was like yeah, maybe 12, 13. So my old man was maybe he's like mid to late 30s at the time. Yep. He was a painter, you know, just, just a, a trade contractor, like nothing special, you know, no, no business or anything. He just worked for somebody. Yep. And so he came up, up to Queensland, and this is like maybe 2000s, okay? And so in Sydney, they had different terminology apparently. So yep. he's got with this guy and they're doing townhouses and he's like, oh yeah, so when you do this, this is just go pay the suffix. And he's, he's going, What's <laughs> a suffix? <surprise? laughs> and, you know, back then, you know, you he didn't have a mobile phone. No. It was 2000. Yeah, the brick phone. But hmm. It was a pain, couldn't afford yeah. it. And phone. It was going to get like 20 bucks an hour, 25 bucks an hour, cause that's what he yep. could get at, that, at those And times. that was the rate. Right. That that that's that's he what I used to pay back then. He came from Sydney. He like, oh, 35 an hour or something. You got to come it. up here for peanuts. Yep. Anyway, so he put that mobile and, and then the boss turns up the next day and he's worked his guts out to try and make an impression. He's going, you didn't paint the soffites? He says, what the F is a the safet? They're Eves, mate. Eves, You know? Yeah. F he's going, no, they're soffites. And so then they have an argument, right? Yeah. As, as they did back in the day. But, oh, I can that? imagine painting. a <laughs> soffite. <laughs> nah, nah. Not over something an eave or a soffite. No. Nah. <laughs> well, if you have ever met my old man, you don't know better later, right? Um, and so anyway, uh, yeah, so so that simple terminology mm. is, you know, some people can go their whole lives calling it aqua enamel, mm. not Aqua enamel. Like uh, I've met hundreds of painters that think mm. the same thing. And it's just, and this is where the training comes in. Like if you can take somebody and say, hey look, I know that you're a painter, you've got a generalized set of skills, but this is how I want you to master with the windows. Right. I know if I would mask, you know, windows where, um, you know, we had, you know, a, an alley frame that was doing a new construction or something like that, Yep. we would not do a perimeter tape with blue tape and then, you know, mask plastic and tape it back to the blue tape. Yep. Waste of freaking tape. Yep. Like especially if it's eight bucks for all. Okay. Yep. We would just mask it hard to the, uh, to, the to the alley yeah. yep. and use 36 mil tape as opposed to 24 because, well, 36 mil, you've got a bigger surface yep. area to sit, right? But in my time, had painters where they would go around unless they were told and they would mask around the perimeter yep. and I was like, oh, that's how I was told. I was like, gee, you just went twice as long. But they don't know that. They're just doing that with the toll. That's it. And so your ability to communicate effectively in the marketplace or in, in the workspace is also governed by how you communicate the training of what you want. Because generally when you get someone that just comes to work for you, They've either been fired or they've moved on from a, a previous tyrant. Looking for more money. Or they're looking for more money. Looking for more money. <laughs> and you're hungry. You'll give, me, you'll give me an extra two bucks an hour. I'll give you an extra two bucks an hour. So, but, uh, you know, generally someone's coming over to you, so they want to, like any normal person will have some level that will want to impress and keep their job. Yeah. Right? Because like yep. everyone's got bills. They've got, yeah, exactly what ends up happening is in that first maybe day two days week period they are like play-doh they are more malleable and they you have a a bigger tendency of being able to leverage them to listen learn and do as they're told from day one as opposed to getting an old dog in and trying to teach him new tricks after six months oh that's yeah that's not that easy so you can have someone that's um, you know, granted an old dog, comes into a progressive uh, job, wow, I really like what these guys are doing. Here. They pay, you know, same as everywhere else. But you know what? I'm happy where I am. Mm. That's a good employee. Yep. That's a good team member. Yeah. Because you want people that know that the grass is potentially greener on the other side, but I'm not prepared to travel over there, and I'm just not to stay where I am. Staff retention. Staff retention, right? And so if you go through this diabolical landscape at the moment. With hiring, firing, hiring, firing, hiring, firing. You can do this for a year, two years, three years and be at the same point as what you started at today, Today, right? Yep. If you don't fix this, because it's like, oh, you know, I've got all this work and i got all these townhouses, but I don't have enough painters. Well, how many painters have you fired in the last three years? I've gone through 50 painters. Yep. Yeah, maybe you're the common denominator. <laughs>
0: Maybe, but, you know, and that's, that's, the, that's the hard part to know whether it's the, the, the employee, the boss, whether it's it's the working conditions, whether it's the, when you know, you're or a driver of 70 hours a week. Exactly. Because you can't keep up with the workflow. So they're working six, seven days a week and
1: they're just burning out. Yeah. The money might be nice on the back end. It's not all about money. But it's, no. If you make it all about the money, it will be all about the, the money. money. Exactly. If you compensate someone fairly and reasonably, and then you're like, okay, this and this and this comes with it, and this and this and this, and this and I, yeah, I like where I am. Yep. People generally, from what I've learned at least, anyway, people generally want to avoid pain more than they go to pleasure. Yep. So they will just, you know, they will do whatever it takes to, stop, to keep their head off the hot stove, but they will not do what it takes to achieve euphoria. Yep. So they're not wanting to like screw up they are not wanting to displease you they're not getting out of bed in the morning going oh you know what when i get to work today i am purposely going to piss glenn off like they're just not doing that they do do it well (laughs) (laughs) like i'm sure that when you get someone that's vindictive yeah you'll get that you're going to get you know you're going to get that in
0: all personality types. if you if you're dealing like you are with 30, 40, 50 painters, you're always going to find one that's got the shits for whatever reason that is going to be... You get me off uh, the though, um, mate, no, I don't care who you are. Yeah.
1: If I've got the shits, I'll give it to, to you. Yeah, and, that's it. And but that's... <laughs> how is that any different than anyone else? Well, it isn't. And that's what I'm no. saying. So it, it all comes down to,
0: you know, the, the individuals for that. You know, I mean, I've got a great one where, um, where as you know, trained apprentices, mm. one bloke who has multiple apprentices yeah. Um. he's got a reasonable size business fairly successful you know does well for himself takes his guys on holidays how good is that he an apprentice signed off yeah. he's based in brisbane yeah but when when his apprentice finished he took the whole crew thousand bucks later huh? mm-hmm. to a seafood restaurant yeah. to congratulate the apprentice on completing his apprenticeship but
1: if if that happens, like, but see, he's got to build those kind of things into his team culture. But that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. here. He has. He's built. That's that's the sort of thing. Those guys never want to go. He, but you can't expect a thousand dollar steak dinner. You can't expect a thousand dollar steak dinner once in a blue moon to change things. No, but he does. As I said, they, you it's know, part know, of in Colorado, they is it. just part of it's part
0: all of the other things. You know, they go jet skiing together. They go and do. You know, he'll he'll if they they finish a job, he'll say to the guys, hey, listen. It's, it's Thursday. If we get this job wrapped up today, or say on a Monday, we finish the job on a Thursday. Everyone's having a long weekend. You yeah, yeah. still get paid for it. Yeah. Might mean that they do an extra half hour each day, or an extra hour each day to get the jobs finished. But they look at that
1: as being a benefit, and it's give back to the employer as much as it is. Well, it's a two way street. It does. It has to be a two way street. Like yeah. what's in it for them? What's in it for you? Mm. Um, but that's the same in any job. Well, okay. Think of it like this. You've got ten production team members now. Whether they're hourly raiders, they're subcontractors, I don't care yep. which way you split it. Right? You can have twenty hourly raiders, and then you're going to have to have three or four office staff. Okay, yep. great. Yep. So even if you do negate the fact of having hourly raiders and you have subcontractors, you know, for one hundred percent of your staff, you are inevitably going to have to hire some salaried employees. <laughs> It doesn't matter which way you can't have you can't have every single person that runs your business or is part of your business as a contractor. It just no. doesn't work that way. No. So if you negate all of this this rubbish that we're talking about, and then you have office staff, how are you going to treat the receptionist? How are you going to treat the bookkeeper? How are you going to treat like you know? It's starting to get bigger than just little eyes yeah. on the wall. It's yeah. it's it's like a chessboard. Everybody. It's not a hierarchy of tyrannical leader flowing down like a like a you know uh corporate america flowchart. yep it is a chessboard and every team every piece on the board has its own unique strengths and weaknesses yep and it's your job as the business owner to negate those strengths and weaknesses accordingly to the battlefield that you're working on yep and one of the biggest problems is staff so when when you are actually able to find a good staff member how do you retain them yeah and the only way that we can retain people is by giving them an environment that they actually want to be in yeah and if we, if we don't do that we're just going to keep turning turning them, over. turning them over and eventually like sure if you run an ad for $50 an hour you'll get a painter oh, every day of the week every day of the week right now whether or not that painter can produce you $100 an hour because you're going to have to have some form of money in, money out, right? Well, 50 bucks an hour, as we know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago
0: with Jim, um, that's going to cost you the best part of 75 to 80 bucks when you count their entitlements. Well, you know. So, you, like you're saying, you need to have 100 plus an hour worth of production out of that individual to make it worth your while. Well, that, that that's
1: exactly right. So, if, if we're having large inputs in, then we're getting micro inputs out yep. or out, uh, input, micro outputs um, it kind of makes it like why the hell am i doing this why am i playing this game it's not worth it that's, that's exactly right like you know you're a 25 35 45 55 year old you know individual are you doing this for fun are you doing this because you like to play games and then of course everyone
0: once you start to get to that yes you you with your age and, and things Again, like that. As we know, you know, we flexibility, it's not getting any easier for the painter, they're not gonna get the production done, the same level as what a, a twenty-five or thirty year old that actually, if trained properly mm-hmm. for the next 10, you know, you might get if you get a good staff member you should early enough, you should get fifteen to twenty years out of it. Well, and then
1: they'll reach a peak. Then there has to be a fall off period. In, painting, in production I'm talking Painting I'm talking is a labor intensive trade, right? So you know, you know, um we, my my father's a classic example of this. He's in the early sixties and his body is shot through being a blue collar worker since yep. since the age of twenty five, right? Yep. Um and so the, the, the life cycle of a painter, whether he's a contractor or whatnot, that's that's a different story. Yep. But someone that's actually physically working on the tools, sure, they're twenty five, they're in peak physical condition, correct? Right? Yep. Again, they are thirty five, they're a little bit fatter, they're a little bit older, and they're a little bit slower. Okay. By the age of 45, most of your knees are done, your back's done, you've fallen off a ladder half a dozen times, you know, you've shoulders, probably, are gone. Your shoulders are gone, you might be lucky if you didn't fall off a bloody trestle. Like, you know, when you weigh it up, and so the only way that we get paid is how much production output we put on the wall. Yep. And so throughout that life cycle of, you know, let's just say 25 through to 45, within that 20-year period, yeah, you can say, look, I've been doing this for 20 years, great, okay, cool. Yep. But now you don't produce as much as the guy that's twenty-seven. That's it. So granted, you're, but you're saying, look, I've been doing this for twenty years. Yeah. Like you know, I need to be paid two dollars now because I've got you know twenty years of experience. But you you haven't got twenty year production out of you now <laughs> that you had twenty years ago. That's exactly right. And so, but and so then then like in other trades, like in other fields, like engineering or you know uh, electrical or any of these other uh, fields, it's like. Okay, great. You know, you know, uh, Steve or, or Nigel, you've been with us for you know you've been at painter for 20 years. So, what skills outside of just doing this with your hands or rolling, or ha- what skills have you acquired over that 20 years? Oh, well, can, can you run a team of 10 blokes? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Can, can you uh, can you manage manage 10 blokes' timesheets? No, 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 no. Um, do you have a you know, do, do you have EWP tickets and safety certificates? Oh, like what, what, what is going to be valuable to the contractor that's, you know, yes, you are only producing 70% of your uh, production capacity because granted, you know, your body's failing on you and you're getting older, which, which is totally part of the life cycle. But what can you be, what other areas are you beneficial? Yeah. And the, the problem is, is if we are making the hiring decisions based on 20 years experience, they don't necessarily have those skills that can accompany that
0: all that production. output. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's that's always going to be the case with the the age, you know I mean it's not like a white collar worker that the more experience you got the, the quicker you, you learn how <laughs> to type or the the quicker you're able to to do something you know work out an Excel spreadsheet or do something along those sorts of lines. We're painters. We you know the body wears down. Yeah.
1: I and, understand.
0: Yeah, as you said. Because you've been painting for 20 years doesn't mean you're worth double what the bloke who's been painting for
1: five years. No, no, like yes, you may have a technical understanding. Yep. Okay, like come on guys, like we can take a seven, like granted, you can take a 15-year-old fresh out of school and by the age of 19, he is, he understands just as much as someone with 20 years experience. Like he might know how to go about it and things like that, but on the technicality of painting, like, come on, man. To be on the end of
0: a spray gun or back rolling, he's going to run around a 20 year old with four years' experience from a young kid coming in. He's, he's going to run around a 45 year old. He's going to run around a 45 year
1: old and certainly 50 plus every, every day, day of the week. week. That's right. And so then you have to look at it well, what if I had that 20 year old that has the production capability? Right, He's got the yep. physical production capability, right? What if I managed him? Trained him. Okay, Johnny. I need you to do this side of the of the house. We're gonna set up the trestles, yep. and then I need you to scrape and sand down the wall. You and you and Peter's gonna scrape and sand down the wall. When you've done that, give me a call, and we're gonna do this. So you're gonna use your expertise. Yep. But you're gonna use him, his labour. Okay yeah. Okay. And this is this is what we talk about, right? This is this is not you driving production. This is you allowing someone else to be the proverbial Mar- Mariah Carey. Instead of you driving the freaking spray gun at 45 years of age. That's right. Let someone else drive the spray gun and take a step back. Stop being Mariah Carey. You yeah. don't have to be. You don't have to do it all. No, because yeah. if you do, you just burn out and you'll die. That's right. And, and so, and this is part of where it gets into how do we stop hiring or, or, or all these pitfalls and liabilities of hiring crappy employees that wreck your car and all the rest of it and, and let your spray gun be stolen. If you're introducing someone into your business that is going to leave a freaking $5,000 spray gun in the back of the oodle night, it's not the right fit. Yeah. And if he thinks that's okay from day one, those standards, those values, they're like, you know, you won't fit in here. No. And generally, people will either rise to the occasion or they will be the lowest versions of themselves that is acceptable within the the crowd or the group around them. Yep. And that's why like, you know, you got you got teenage kids. I've got kids under three and four. Um I've got girls. And so yep. what I'm concerned about being a, a young father is like, what crowd are my girls gonna run around? Hmm? Oh I've got a name with my boys. You got it with your boys? you have got a thirteen and a fifteen year old. <laughs> you know, 13, 15 year old mm-hmm. boys,
0: twelve months my eldest gets his driver's license mm-hmm. Well go for his learner. You know, I mean it's it, you know all different. So it's starting from where are they going to end up? You're going to go
1: through the, go through the That's just, that's that's part and parcel of life. And so you start to think to yourself, well, how do I mitigate these things from happening? What crowd are they going to hang around with? If they hang around with that kind of crowd, this is probably what's going to happen because they're, they're, they're around bad influential people. Yep. So how is this any different? Like as, as painters, like granted, we work in either small, we, we work in small gangs. Yeah, you know, small gains of anywhere between two to four. Okay, anything over four people on on a residential size project, it's a it's a it's a false economy. Yeah. Okay. Like we can all agree there. We're not talking about EBA high rise because no. like, at the end of the day, you guys are um yep.
0: <laughs> 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 All the high allowances and side well, uh, allowances and you know, all the other things that uh, the unions have, have know, negotiated over the years, it, and yeah, you guys get you know, well you looked after. You
1: guys are milking it for what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, know, you don't need to break you... every every three stories when you're using an elevator you know? yeah so, and, and look i don't know anything about that world so but my point being is um if you're operating in small gangs of two to four guys where's the culture where's the the work culture where's the, the this the that you know are you sitting down having smoker and you're not bringing talking about anything and just you know no, they get their phone they get their phone and they just they They're become zombies you know? yeah Where's the culture? Where's the this? Where's the that? Where's the enjoyment coming to work? You know, like mm. at least back in the day, we'd throw rocks at the portaloo to stop. But that was part of the culture. You know, like anyone down the port, we bricks at the Portaloo, You know, like you
0: <laughs> know? <laughs> but, uh, we, had, we had a discussion about that with making Construction a little while ago. Yeah, uh, EBA well, yeah. like
1: people, so they don't, yeah. they, don't, they don't take kind of that kind of behaviour. Yeah, but you know that that's positive written in our day or in my day at least in under yeah. thirty six. That was positive reinforcement. Yep. You don't do that shit. No. But um, well, going to take shit in the portal for too long, that's positive. Yeah. <laughs> Not throwing yeah. the brick, ver- the brick is yeah. positive reinforcement.
0: Oh, uh, just um, walking into a portaloo brings back bad memories. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and those, the nasal hairs are burning at
1: the moment. Right? Really, nowadays, you're getting the kids going in there and they're playing around on their phones to kill time. But, yeah. what, but the question that you're saying to yourself and the question I ask is, but why are they doing that? They're, 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 they're sitting. In that dunny in 30 degree heat, it stinks, and they're only doing that to get away from work. And the phone is just an escape. No different to alcohol or drugs. It's an escape, right? Yep. It's an escape of the mind. So if you engage them, keep them mentally engaged, physically engaged, as opposed to just going, there you go. There's a house. There's some putty. There's a tub of putty and some sandpaper to see in in a day. Yep. What do you expect? And away they go. Yep. That you, live, you live two 17-year-olds by themselves oh. with, with a tub of linseed oil. Buddy and a box of normal gas. Like, what do you think going to happen? <laughs> Not much work. No radio? No. Nothing. No. So yeah. you, you, you
0: create that culture, but that, once again, comes back to create the culture, create the training, <laughs> train them to become, you know,
1: to, to go in that right direction, to become a team It works member. both ways, but what if the boss smokes cones on the job site mm. and Johnny smokes cones too in his spare time? Yep. What do you think is gonna happen when he's like, hey, do you want some of this? Yeah. He's going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries. <laughs> so we're gonna pay up and we're gonna be like, Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. It, so the the employees are going to be a direct representation of what you allow. Yep. You set the standard. If your standard is here and their standard's there, you need to bring them up to that standard yep. as opposed to meeting them at their standard and saying that's okay. Yeah. And so and, yeah. and it all stems from you. So if you don't train them, or you don't hire the right person that fits with your values, you don't train them accordingly, coach them, mentor them throughout their tenure, give them incentives and and reward systems and keep them engaged mentally and physically. Like if someone's good at spraying, don't just give them a free spray all the time. Keep them doing things that are challenging. Yeah. Make it fun. Yep. Yep. And not only will you benefit monetarily, but you will benefit by having more work than you can handle. And you'll have a team of people that you can learn. And when you do hurt yourself or you want to take time off to go, and just go to Gold Coast or wherever, you can do it. You can do it. Because anyway you go. they're going to look after you. and yep. you going to look after them. So, yep. Well, well done. thanks for that. Hopefully that, that gave you guys a bit of
0: info out there and um, some food for thought. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Who knows? We, yep. We look forward to catching up with you again soon. Sounds good. So take care, guys. See you next time. Peace out. Bye.
1: First, thanks for listening to the Payers Podcast, where we we'll talk about reducing hiring list. Now, if you do have any questions or you want to write into to us, you know, drop us a line. We're always keen to listen to your feedback, your thoughts, and any of the topics that we either are covering or are covering. Because, look, this ain't easy. Coming up with content is hard. So give us some feedback. Let us know how we're traveling. And uh, we really look forward to it. Thanks for listening. And look us up on socials.